I just, um, the Lord really actually started speaking to me this week, actually, out of the book of Revelation, and I just wanted to share some of that with you, and um, Byron asked me if I had anything to share, so I, I went through the door with this, so here we go. Um, you know, Revelation is really an interesting book, isn't it? It's, I don't think anybody really understands it, but if you just sometimes just get that out of your mind, you can get a lot, of, a lot out of it just by not really trying to understand these really deep hidden meanings of it. <laughs> so that kind of helps me. But I just want to read the beginning uh, to you, the scripture. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is, who was, who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. I'll just start right there. Those seven spirits are really interesting. We don't, Matthew brought that up Wednesday night. Um, those are really, what are those? The spirit of might, counsel, understanding, revelation, fear of the Lord, the rest, the spirit that rests on us. Um, there's one more, but that's interest and knowledge. But just, that's just for your info, those seven spirits. And go on. And, and from Jesus Christ. See, we've got those, that grace and peace from those seven spirits and Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth. That should encourage us. He's the ruler over the kings of the earth. We should, that should encourage us in this hour. And to him who loved us and who washed us from our sins in his own blood has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. I mean, I want you to leave these scriptures up. Don't, don't let them fade off because I need to look at them. I really just want to let you see that that's really, honestly, I believe John's vision statement right here for the church. It's like his opening thing and saying, you know, really, this is, this is really what the church is all about. The Lord has loosed us from our sins. The Amplified says he's loosed and freed us from our sins by his own blood and he's made us kings and priests and it's forever and ever and if we can really get a hold of that that that's where we're headed like byron was talking about living from the future well this is what we need to get our sight on that we're kings and priests that we've been loosed and we've been made free by the blood of jesus he's washed us in his own blood and this is where we're headed so just keep that in your mind because if you see that as an opening statement of the rest of Revelation of what's happening, it's really what it's, what it's all about. And, um, and I just wanted to encourage us with that and see that. But I, I want you to see also that where John, this was also the book of Revelation, is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It was the, the revelation that was revealed about the Lord himself. And this happened on the Isle of Patmos where he was exiled and so he was in a time of trial. So I, I just want us to see that all of this revelation that he received was out of a time of trial. And it, it came, and out of that time of trial became revelation of Jesus Christ. So, amen. So if we can um, just move on to the next scriptures, that would be good. And I want to point out, too, I love... So many books of the Bible start with grace and peace. And if we just understand that that is what the Lord has done for us, to live in a state of grace and to live in a state of peace, 
how important it is for us to get our eyes on that is what is, is for us. It is for us. Even in times of trial and persecution and perseverance, that grace and peace is really what will hold us in the midst. So uh, the next scripture, and so here's what I want to, this is really what I want to tell you what I'm, I'm talking about today. I feel like I'm, it's really taken up where Bob Sorge left off last week a little more of some things I felt like the Lord had shown me about going through trials and tribulation. And, you know, if you really look at the book of Revelation and those the seven churches that were addressed by John, the interesting thing to me about that is they all have really something in common. I'm only going to read a couple of them. I'm not going to go through all of them, but there's really one I want to expand on some. But every one of them had, these are the four things you will see in all of those churches that are happening. Okay, is this. Um, you see them persevering and enduring in trial and testing. And all of them. This is what, you know, they open up and, you know, John opens up and is, is talking about that. And you also see him, um, you know, exhorting them to repentance for where there's failure. You also see in every one of them the word overcoming or overcomers. And you also see an invitation to rule and reign with Christ in some specific way. Isn't that interesting? So I just want to say this. We, we really need to pay attention to what was going on with those seven churches. And maybe particularly with the Laodicean church. I, I don't know. Some say the Laodicean church is the very last church of the ages. And so we particularly may need to pay attention to that. But... I just wanted to read this uh, Revelations 2, 1 for an example. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven golden lampstands says this, I know your deeds, there it is, and your toil and perseverance, that you cannot tolerate evil in men, and you put to test those who call themselves apostles, and they are not, and you found them to be false. And you have perseverance and have endured for my name's sake and have not grown weary. But I have this against you that you've left your first love. Therefore, remember from where you've fallen and repent. You see these qualities going on and do the deeds you did at first or else I'm coming to you and will remove your lampstand out of its place unless you repent. Yet this you do have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. So you see this? It's really talking, it's about them doing this. It's um, it's really a faithfulness to the work of God. You see that going on? You see them persevering, enduring, and trial and testing, repentance overcoming, and an invitation to rule. And, um, you know, and John is also, I believe he's really addressing in the book of Revelation again. You know, he's saying every eye is going to see him in the clouds. If you go back and read that in that first part, every eye is going to see him, every tongue is going to confess. So really, as the church, we need to have more of a, of not just our salvation here and now, but of where we're headed, living from the future. 
because we have a salvation that's here and now. But the next scripture um, down the road, I'm going to, you'll see it. I'm, I want to deal with something else first that we also have an eternal salvation we're working toward. Where we'll actually stand with the Lord in that day when He comes. And so the point I want to get is, is all this trial and enduring and persevering and working out our salvation is really important. Well, it's important that we gain everything we need to gain in these times because you see how important it was in the book of Revelation that all seven of those churches, these things were addressed. So, amen. So we can go on to the next one. Revelation 3.14. This is the one particularly I felt like the Lord was actually brought this all up to me. And um, to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things says the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you're neither cold nor hot, and I wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you're lukewarm... And neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I'm rich, and have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Just stay right there for a minute. Go back from there. I just, I want to just kind of go back just one second. Can you get back easy? Is that hard? The one thing I just want to say about this, because I'm just going to comment it on as I go, um, it's so important, not the lukewarm thing. I don't want to, I don't really know what that means, to be honest. I, I didn't want to just get into it, because obviously he doesn't like it when we're lukewarm, okay? <laughs> I mean, there's something about that. But the next one I want is really discerning where we are with the Lord, how important that is of, of our state and, um, you know, we there's probably lots of places in our life where we're wretched, wretched, miserable, poor, blind. And it's so important that we rightly discern where we are in the Lord, that we walk in truth in our hearts, in our inward parts. I mean, I, I just think we really live through a season where if, you know, I know this is is really speaking the truth to ourselves, living in the truth. Because I believe that may be a clue of how we become lukewarm is when we're not in a state of really recognizing where we are, constantly being before the Lord and letting Him shine His light into our inward parts and living the truth. And I even thought this week, you know, but but do this. Speak the truth to yourself in love. (laughs) You know, know, we always say that about other people, speak the truth in love. But I thought, well, speak the truth to yourself in love. You'll get a, you'll go a lot further with that. Not don't be hard on yourself, okay? So, uh, but we can go on to the next one. And here's the word I really felt was from the Lord this morning, and this is from the Lord Himself. It's and it's from the seven spirits, the spirit of counsel. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire. That is the Lord's counsel to us. I believe right now, He is counseling us. That as we're going through these difficult seasons, I'll tell you, everywhere I go, people are really in trial. I mean, it doesn't matter who they are. I'm serious. Rich, poor, 
It doesn't matter. Everywhere I go, even last night, I ran into one of Grace's old friends, and I actually started preaching my message to her. <laughs> I, I thought, whoops, I'm sorry. We're up here on the 31st floor in this place, and I'm preaching, you know. But she started developing tears because, you know, their family's going through a really hard time right now. They're being really shook and tried. And I, I believe that if we will really let these times you know, just like the Lord says, He's counseling us to buy gold that's refined in the fire. Because I thought about this. You know, what does everybody do when the stock market's crashing? What do they do? Start buying gold. Why? Because gold lasts. It's a lasting thing. Isn't that interesting? Everybody just start running to the gold and getting it because it's something that has something that will make it. And... um and that was really this, what I was really feeling from the Lord is he's counseling us to date it. And then the next part is, and white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And the part I feel about that right now is I really feel like that's talking about in the last day when our final salvation has come, as we will see later, as First Peter says, our final salvation, so that in that day, we are clothed with the right apparel so that we won't be ashamed when we stand before him. And I'm not talking about that you're going to have a danger of going to hell. I believe this honestly talking about this, how much we've allowed the Lord to refine our faith in this life. And so the thing I want to say to you is in the midst of trial and tribulation, we actually can rejoice in some way if we really understand what's happening with us. Is this refinement that's going on, it will help you to see and just allow that process to take its course instead of fighting against the goat all the time with it. It's like when Paul, you know, the Lord um, visited Paul on that, that road and striking blind. You know what Jesus said to him, Paul, why are you kicking against the goat? Actually, Paul at that point was, he was fighting against something. And the Lord wanted him to just let go. And, um, and that's really why I believe that scripture there is that he may clothe you, that you may not be ashamed in that day. And this one, anoint your eyes with eye salve that you can see. I believe another thing that really happens to us when we're going through these trials and we're being refined, is it really does make us see the spiritual realm a lot better. We get a lot better perspective about life. We get humbled. We really do. It's good. In some ways, it's good for us. Now, I want to just clarify all of this about trials and tribulation and suffering. This is what I believe about. I don't know that we'll ever know why we go through stuff. I'm not necessarily saying this is why we go through it. But I will say that these are the outcomes of it. Does that make sense to you? I believe we get into a lot of trouble when we start trying to figure out why. I just want to make that clear. But we can know this, that there is going to be some good stuff that comes out. So, amen. And these are these things right here, you know, that getting the eye salve to see. I mean, how have you experienced that? You really start really seeing a lot better. Um, you will if you get the right perspective on going through trials. Okay? 
How many of you have been going through trials lately? Just raise your hand. I mean, look at this room. It's, it's, it's everywhere. In this part, um, too, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. And I just feel like really what the Lord is saying there, you know, because we're his kids, he's got some things to say to us. Like any, any father, any brother, he's got things to say to us that are important. And I love this right here. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, okay, right there, he is relating all this to what he just said. We've always taken this scripture and used it for evangelism, which is good. But I'm telling you what this is tied to is really opening that door to letting him have his way in us when we're dealing with this cold, lukewarm state and this we're being refined by fire. He is wanting us to open the door. He's wanting us to open the door and let him come in. You know, and this is what happens. We have a, he'll, we'll begin to hear his voice. We can hear his voice if we'll open the door. He'll come in and he'll dine with us. He'll fellowship with us. And this is what will happen with us. We will gain more intimacy with him. And that word we were singing about to me, I love what T.D. Jake says, into me see. That's what it's all about, intimacy. Into me see. This is really the kind of thing. You know, buying gold, refined in the fire, open the door. Let him refine us as gold. And it will create more fellowship, more intimacy with him. And, and this is the other things. I believe it does create more revelation of Jesus Christ. And we all need more revelation of him. So, and then you have this overcoming thing in here. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame. See, he's not asking us to do something he's not already done himself and as i also came and sat down with my father on his throne what an invitation that's incredible isn't it what an invitation it's amazing really amazing so so do we get this you know what's happening here i mean it's important for us to see that our faith's going to be tested and 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 being tried but what we're called to do in those seasons is to repent you know, to really repent and find, uh, do exactly this, re- this uh, staying faithful and, and through it and repentance and overcoming. And then we find an invitation to rule and reign with him. So, amen. First Peter 3 through 7. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. I want you to stay there. That... We'll just go on. We'll come back. Who, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Do you see that? 
that salvation that's ready to be revealed at the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you've been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes, though it's tested by fire, may be formed to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So, you, you know, this is the same scripture he used last week. And, you know, we, I, again, I believe if we can just gain that understanding that we're, our faith is being tested, I believe it's going to be tested for all our days on the earth. And, and it is, what is happening is as it's being tested and refined, it is actually and it, it, it's making it a, a faith that is so genuine and in, what it is, it's imperishable. It won't perish. It's the very thing that we take into eternity. It's not, you see, we, we get hung up on thinking, well, you just get saved. But this, there's a faith in us that is still forming. There's, it's being tested in fire that in the last day we won't be ashamed. And if we will really understand, because we have things that happen when we go through testing and fire, a lot of us really don't make it through those tests. We don't. Disappointment begins to get on us. Distraction begins to get on us. And we don't really get through those tests the way we need to get through them. So we don't really get our faith refined and getting it in that shape for that last day. So that's really what I feel like from the Lord, that he's counseling us right now to buy that gold. And that we can allow him, you know, and and this is the other thing. We really, if you really look around at the state of the church, there is a lot of lukewarm Christians around. There's, I mean, the whole church, look what has happened in the mainline church. I mean, I mean, we really easily could see that we could be the Laodicean church. And if that's the truth, we have to understand that we are subject to the same things. We, we can't point fingers at anybody else and think we're the, we're the hot ones. That, that really may not be true. But the thing we can lay hold of is as we're, as we're always going to be tested, always persevering through things, that we can lay hold of this thing of, of our faith being tested so that it becomes genuine. And at the last day, we will stand as tested believers and that faith will go into eternity. It's gold. It's the gold that will go in. Now, this is a spiritual gold because even natural gold can perish, as the Word says. So, amen. Amen. I just want to hit on two things here because I felt like these were the um, the two things I wanted us to be mindful of that really can take us out of this persevering place. You know, because the Lord really did, he commended every one of those seven churches for persevering. The Lord, I, I, I don't know about you, but I've experienced the heart of God at times when I'm really broken and I'm really persevering through some things. And what I've decided to do is set my eyes on the Lord and not on the circumstance and just go through it. 
and not question him. Okay? And every time I've done that, the Lord has really met me. It's like there's something, there's a sweetness of the Spirit that comes in a way that I don't experience any other way. And um, so the Lord really, there is something about in the heart of God as we're persevering where He really does draw near to us in those places. You know, we we had a precious time with Angel Stewart. Um, she's not in here, so I can say it uh, about a week ago. And right here, there's just three of us with, in in this room. And um, it was probably one of the most precious things I've ever experienced in my whole walk with the Lord, honestly, to see somebody where she's been, and she's persevering, let me tell you. You know, um, we meet with her pretty regularly, and the things that God is showing her is, is incredible. And she's persevering through this thing. And um, But that morning, she just had some things before the Lord she wanted to present to him, and she wanted Byron and I here. And I'm telling you, it was, it was incredible, this presence of the Lord that came into the room. So I just want to encourage you about that, that there's something in the heart of God there's a scripture in the Song of Solomon that kind of says it He uh, about when we're persevering and allowing the Lord. We're not accusing the Lord. We're not. We're just setting our heart on him and, and going through the deals we're in. And I love this Song of Solomon 6.4. I'm just going to quote this. It says, Oh, my love, you are as beautiful as Terza, lovely as Jerusalem, Awesome as an army with banners. Turn your eyes away from me, for they have overcome me. And this is the shepherd in the story talking to the beloved, the bride. And she has just come through a trying time. And this is the statement that he says to her. Turn your eyes away from me, because they overcome me. You you look like an army with banners. It's like there's this victory and triumph on her that is really blessing his heart. So um, I, I just, and I've experienced that. We experienced that that morning as we were, the three of us were in here with Angel. And um, I just, you know, I, even though we, these times may be hard, there's some really good stuff in it. And um, I want to talk to you about disappointment really quick. Just a couple of things Bill Johnson said that I thought were really good. Here's what happens to us when we're going through stuff and we get disappointed because things are not happening as fast as we thought they should. Things didn't happen the way we thought they should. We've prayed for healing. People don't get healed. We have tragedies. We, have a, we really have a tendency to let a lot of disappointment set in. Is that true? And is that something that we all have dealt with? It's really hard. I'm just being honest, and we all deal with it. And uh, Bill Johnson, I, I will actually encourage you to get his CDs on this. It's how to, how to Overcome Disappointment. Really, really good. I don't want to loan them out because I want to keep them. I think everybody needs to keep them for their families and stuff, because he goes into depth on, on this. But he, he quotes the scripture, Proverbs thirteen twelve. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire is fulfilled, it's like a tree of life. And here's what he says that I thought was a really good point. The same place 
that faith, that same place in our heart of faith, where it dwells, is the same place where disappointment tries to lodge. And when that disappointment lodges in there, it takes us out of faith. Okay? So that hope deferred makes the heart sick. You know, but when, it, when hope is fulfilled, it is a tree of life. Now, I love, he, got, he really expands on this. The Lord doesn't expect us to stay in hopelessness. That is really not the way he's created. He does expect our hopes and dreams to be fulfilled. And, I, and that's really why with our theology and stuff, we have to really be careful about it not getting into a suffering mentality because you can get really messed up in that. I'm just trying to tell you, you know, some outcomes of stuff we go through. But the Lord really does want to answer our dreams and visions. He, he really does. We don't know why they're not happening. Okay? That's the second thing I want to talk to you about is this, um, you know, questioning the good of, goodness of God. Okay? It is really tempting to question the goodness of God in these points, in these times. But we can't do that. We, we have to really stand on the Word of God that He is good. The Scripture says this in Psalm 92 at the very end. There is no unrighteousness in Him. There's none. And we have to stand on the goodness of God even in, in the face of stuff we totally don't understand. And it is okay to not understand it. In fact, we're better off, I think, not to understand it because we're probably going to get it wrong. We really will. I think we'd get it wrong most of the time. You know, the only thing we can know is that he's going to work all things to our good, just like that song says. And this is the interesting thing I want us to, you know, is really to this day, the enemy is, he's always, always going to try to get us to accuse God. Always. He did it in the beginning in the garden, and he will continue forever and a day to get us to accuse God that he's not good. You know, I mean, that's exactly why man fell. We have to really understand that is an important point. Man fell over that point that God, the goodness of God. Eve was tempted into believing that God was withholding something from her, and the man fell over that. So, he, you know, there's no difference. There's still a tree of knowledge of good and evil out there. He will always try to get us to eat from it. When we're going through difficulties, people form so much ridiculous theology over when people are not being healed, when people die, when we, we lose babies, when we... There's so much theology that comes out of that, and I think so much of it comes out of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. I really do. And that's why, it's honestly, I believe best is to say, I don't know why, but I know God's good. I just have to understand we are living in a fallen world, and that's all I know. Oh. Think of, you know, Job's wife. Just curse God and die. It's what, you know, it's just in the heart of man to go that direction. Just curse him and die. Just turn your back on him. How many of us begin to turn our back on God sometimes? When we get disappointed, start questioning. Well, I tell you, we do it. You may not realize you're doing it, but watch what your walk does. 
start moving away, start getting distant because we didn't really understand. We didn't know, you know, we start accusing him that he actually had something to do with this. So I just, you know, want to encourage us to, you know, we could hear this over and over, I believe, that God is good, he loves us, and that's all we need to know. And that accusing him is not the right answer. It is just not the right answer. So, and I think I'm going to stop there. Um, there was just, um, I want to just say this to you, that we are in perilous times. We really are. And the enemy really wants to take the body of Christ out, but I think it's our greatest moment. And I just want to encourage you that I really have seen this church persevering. I just want to encourage us to keep going. You know, and this is why. Because we, this is one of the reasons we, we can really encourage people around us that are going through trying times. You know, I mean, I found myself preaching last night to somebody, and I knew the Lord had put me there at that moment. And... um they are perilous times, but God is going to get us through it. And I just wanted to say one more thing I felt like I needed to say is this. When we are troubled and anxious about things, it really does take us out of our relationship with the Lord. We get distracted from our relationship with God. You know, Martha, is, the Lord said, you're, you're troubled about so many things. She was distracted. And we really just need to keep going after our relationship with the Lord because that distraction will take us nowhere fast. And, um, and the enemy has scheduled for us this year, remember, fear, panic, anxiety, and depression. Okay? So um, the Lord has made, made his church to, to be overcomers and to persevere. That's really what he's made us in. I love this. John, at the, he, at John saw this in Revelation 7, 13 through 15. This is what he saw. He saw multitudes from every tongue and tribe. He saw multitudes standing before the throne. This is what he saw. And you know what he said about them? They were overcomers. Isn't that amazing? God has called us to be overcomers. It's really he himself overcame the world he said you know i overcame the world be a good cheer i overcame the world and look what is standing before the throne of god overcomers and i want to encourage us with that that we are meant to persevere that's that's really you know we we want to get out all the time but i i think we'll always have to go through deals but god's called us to that we're going to stand before the throne of god one day clothed in white unashamed, getting a hold of God, living a life of repentance, letting him get a hold of us on the inside. And, that, and, and we're one day going to stand unashamed before that throne as a part of that delegation as overcomers. So if you would stand up, I just want to pray for you this morning. Can you say amen? Well, Lord, we just, um, we just come to you now, Father. Lord, we thank you for your word, and 
Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the book of Revelation. Lord, you said we would be blessed for reading it and even out loud reading it in the congregation. And I pray for that blessing to come on us now, Lord, as that word was opened and poured out, God. And, Lord, I pray that as you call us forth, Lord, into a life of, Lord, just getting through uh, these difficult seasons, persevering, Lord, uh, deciding we will not be disappointed, deciding we will not accuse you, Lord, that we will live a life of repentance, of letting you get inside of us, Lord God, that we want to open the door, God. We want to fellowship with you, Lord. We want to dine with you, oh God. We want to be those that are overcomers, Lord, uh, that are part of that great delegation that you, Lord, will call us up, Lord, into the heavenly realm that we we will have eyes to see, Lord, ears to hear, Lord, as we are those who are persevering, overcoming, allowing you to do what you do on the inside of us, Lord God. And we just ask you right now, Lord, that um, for every heart that is struggling, we all are, God. We all are in a season of trial and tribulation, Lord God. But, Lord, we know that you have given us a vision for final salvation, Lord God, that we can set even our hope upon that final salvation, knowing that the trying of our faith is more precious than gold, God. And, Lord, that there is that gold is being refined. And, Lord, that we will take this faith into eternity. Lord, that is our hope, God. That is our hope, oh God. And we thank you that you have not forsaken us. You have not abandoned us, Lord God. That you are with us, Lord God. We pray that you will give us an anointing to the world around us to bring hope, God. Hope in these desperate moments, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that we will stand unashamed, clothed in white. At the last day, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you.